Well, friends, on this fourth Sunday of Advent, we continue our journey together today. A thrill of hope, the weary world rejoices. When we began this Advent journey, I invited you to pause and, and make a simple prayer, uh, a prayer that would be at the forefront of your heart this Christmas. And it's simply this, Jesus, I want to encounter you. Friends, that's what I'm praying for you today. That's my great hope for you this Christmas. As we enter into this Christmas week when I know that life feels so unusual and our normal Christmas things feel so disrupted, but I want to remind you today that, that our God loves showing up to surprise us in unexpected ways. And I believe that this interrupted Christmas can be an incredible opportunity for us to see Jesus with fresh eyes. You know, there's a person in my life who has deeply influenced my walk with the Lord. You've probably heard me talk about her. I talk about her fairly often because I want to be like her when I grow up. At 95 years young, Anne Smith exudes joy and passion for Jesus. And one of the things that I love most about her is this sense that I always have whenever I talk with her, and that's that I'm in the presence of someone who is a good friend of Jesus. <laughs> I'm so excited about continuing this uh, Advent series with these conversations about hope, and so thrilled to have Ann Smith join us today. She's a beloved pastor and teacher in the Church of God uh, she and her late husband, Nathan, served as missionaries to Japan and Korea for 29 years. Honestly, it's hard to find words to describe her. So I just want you to spend some time with her today. I'll tell you, there is nothing in the world that I would want more for you this Sunday before Christmas than to spend some time with Ann Smith. So, Open your heart, watch and listen expectantly. I believe it will be an encounter with Jesus as we listen together. Be sure to have a notebook handy. Now let's listen. This is Ann Smith. Okay. Hi, Erin. Oh my goodness, it's wonderful to see you. Oh my goodness. It's so good to see you too. <laughs> Oh, Beth, I am so thrilled to have you with us today. Uh, thank you for joining. And I am so thrilled to be here. <laughs> Always does my heart good to connect with you, Anne. I'm so grateful for you and so grateful to talk to you about hope today. Well, and hope is so central and probably more necessary this year than it's ever been before in most of our lives. That, that's so true. You know, we, as you and I talked about beforehand, uh, we're, we're focusing this year, uh, our Advent season, using the, the line from O Holy Night that, that says, mm. the weary world rejoices. Uh, and thinking about uh, all that we're going through this year and the way that hope can help our hearts rejoice. And, you know, Anne, I, I was wondering, um, for you personally, um, what, what does Christmas mean to you this year? Well, this year, I'm really focused on God with us, this hope that comes. Uh, uh, I've always celebrated Christmas and just so excited about the fact that Jesus came into the world. But this year, especially to think that God 
the God of the universe knows what it feels like to be a human being, God with us. He chose to take human form and come and dwell among us. Uh, this is overwhelming to me this year to think that, that I serve a God who knows what it feels like to be uh, disappointed, knows what it feels like to be whatever happens. God with skin on. I just, you know, that's so special to me to think that I serve a God who knows what it feels like to be human being and have all of the emotions that I'm having this year. So that's, that's making Christmas very, very special to me this year because God with us is where my hope comes from. That's so true. It, it really is such a comfort to us. You know, I, I was listening to a, a song lyric the other day. It was a Christmas song I had never heard before. I don't even remember the song, but I, there was the, the opening line uh, asked a question uh, about the, imagining the baby Jesus and, and asking, do you think he was cold in the manger? Yeah. And he was just overcome by that question. And, and I thought, wow, when we think about the vulnerability that God chose uh, to enter into, to be with us. No. And vulnerable, not only as a baby, but as another. He knows what it feels like to get so tired you can't put one foot in front of another. Uh, you know, uh, the crowds crowding in on him, or the, the long walks that he had, the, the, uh, all of that. I mean, and to be disappointed and to even know what failure feels like. He didn't always succeed. The rich young ruler came and he loved him. He had compassion, but he walked away and rejected what he asked him to do. Uh, he knows what that feels like. And of course, I have this, I'm, I'm kind of visual. I have this view of, in my mind, of Jesus sitting out, looking out over Jerusalem with the tears rolling down his cheeks and saying, oh, Jerusalem, Jerusalem, I'm done for you. Everything I know to do, and it doesn't seem to make any difference. And how many times we have felt, I've done everything I know to do. And it doesn't seem to make any difference. And he knows that feeling. I mean, what more could we ask for than a God who knows what it feels like to be us? Yeah, so that's wonderful. That, 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 that's giving special meaning to me this year, more so than most years, I think. So That, that gives deep hope. Uh, yeah, yeah. And hope, uh, it's such a... It's such a word with such meaning. It's, it's not wishful thinking. Uh, it, it's hope. It's something that's so much broader and deeper and more wonderful and more powerful. And it permeates every aspect of life. And it doesn't have to try to determine what the outcome is going to be. Um, it, it, no matter what the circumstances, hope is based on, on the fact that it, it's based on God and who he is. And... Uh, no matter what the circumstances or what the outcome is, there is still hope that even in the worst of circumstances, something good can come, even from a crucifixion. I, I mean, that's hope uh, in, in the true sense of the word. Uh, and that, it, that we serve a God who never, never gives up. I've learned a new definition of love and I don't know who to give credit to, but love is unconditional commitment to an imperfect person. And I think of God's incredible, incredible, incredible commitment to Aunt Smith. I'm overwhelmed by that. I'm overwhelmed by it. Um, I think I, I think I grew up on sermons hearing how committed I needed to be to God, but I don't recall sermons 
about how committed God is to me. And this is one of the things, and this is a part, this is a real base for my hope. He is so committed to me. He will never, never, never give up on Am Smith. I, I, I'm, I'm blown away by that. You know the little book, um, Love You Forever? I think everybody knows that little book. And, and I've never been a mother, but I've read that book many times and I've used it many times. You know, this mother, no matter what stage of life the kid was in, it was always, I'll love you forever. I like you for always, as long as I'm living, my baby, you'll be. And even when he became an adult, you know, on a dark night, she put a letter up there. And I, I see that as just a little tiny, tiny, tiny bit of what God's commitment and love to me is. And I believe in 2020, in this year, in this Christmas season, he crawls across the floor of my life, past all the failures, past all the fears, past all the tiredness, past all the concern for my country, for the world, for the church, for all of the concerns for those I love, past all of the losses that have been a part of this year and friends who have died, he crawls past all of that. And he picks me up and he rocks me and he sings to me, I love you forever. I like you for always. As long as you're living, I'll never give up. He's the God of second chances. He's the God of never give up. That it's all for real. Right. That's right. And, and what an awesome encouragement that is for our souls uh, to, to know that love of God um, and, and that that really does anchor us in hope. You know, I, and you, you mentioned earlier, you said it so quickly, but I just want to come back to it. Uh, there's, there's a difference between hope and wishful thinking. Uh, I've heard you talk about that before, and that is so true. And that's so important for us as Jesus followers to wrap our minds around the difference between those things. And they are so different. Wishful thinking, um, it has to do with, with, with something we desire to, it's a specific thing that we hope is going to happen. We have this wishful thinking that it's going to happen. And really there's only one acceptable outcome. And if we don't get that acceptable outcome, we're, you know, we're pretty devastated about that because, and not only that, but wishful thinking, we are straining trying to help, help it come to pass. Hope is something that is totally different. And in a sense, wishful thinking has to do with what we want. Hope has to do with what we need. Uh, and there's a difference between those two. It's not always what I want, it's what I need. And, the, and God coming to me with this incredible hope uh, that does not, does not depend upon the outcome, uh, that whatever the circumstances and whatever the outcome, that does not diminish the hope. The hope is there because it's based on who God is and what he's like. And uh, that, that Christmas is real, that God really did come into this world to know what it feels like and to know, uh, to, to know what we feel like. That's for real. That Easter is for real. That all of these things are genuine and real and that's what we base it on. And so it's not the outcome that is there. It's, it's the journey and that for me, the hope part gives, uh, how do I explain this? 
uh, hope, hope makes it possible for whatever the circumstances, whatever the outcome, it develops in us new strength, new character, and a, a, a closeness with God. It's about, it's about a relationship. Uh, wishful thinking is all about what's out there and the circumstances, but hope is based on God and what he's like. I'm, I'm, uh, I wish I had, could find adequate words to say what hope really, really is. It's this thing that, that God has created and placed inside of us that is so essential. It's like being held and it's not the outcome that's important. I really do believe, and I think it comes from hope, I really do believe, Aaron, that everything that comes into my life, the good, the bad, the wonderful, the horrible, the unthinkable, everything that comes into my life is the raw material for growth. And it's hope that makes that possible. It's hope that makes pain meaningful and fruitful. My prayer, I, I stopped praying quite some years ago, God take my pain away. I started praying instead, God make my pain fruitful. Don't let it be wasted. Pain is a part of life. I, I, everybody's gonna experience pain. And we've had our share of it this year. Yes. Uh, but pain can be fruitful because there's hope. And we know where that hope is based. So it's, it's pretty exciting when you get to thinking about it. <laughs> it is pretty exciting. That, that's exactly true. Uh, you know, and when you and I talked a couple of weeks ago about this conversation that we were going to have, mm -hmm. uh huh. And you talked to me that day a little bit about the difference between hope and wishful thinking. And uh, since that time, I've been chewing on that. And, you know, I, I want to read a scripture for us, if I can. That, okay, I'd love that. That, that came to mind uh, for me is, is one that I know, uh, you know well, and, and love. Um, it's from Lamentations chapter 3, beginning at verse 19, which says, I remember my affliction and my wandering, the bitterness and the gall. I well remember them, and my soul is downcast within me. Yet, this I call to mind, and therefore I have hope. Because of the Lord's great love, we are not consumed, for his compassions never fail. They are new every morning. Great is your faithfulness. You know, you, you, could, you could just focus on that scripture for the next year and, and life would be so full and so rich just if you got the deep, deep meaning of just that portion of scripture. Oh my, yeah. It, it, it's, not, it's not that life, not that God comes to us and makes life pain-free, but in all of this. And, uh, you know, I love, I love the scripture where it starts talking about though the fig trees, you know, though there are no grapes on the vines and go through all of this, yet will I praise him. Uh, we are so, uh, I think we are so result conscious about wanting results. Um, 
hope makes it possible for us to have that perseverance, to have that staying power uh, when the pain comes, when the when the devastation comes, whatever form it comes in. Yet God then comes alongside us. And that's where this God with us, who knows what it feels like. Oh, who knows what it feels like. I, I'm just excited about that, that I can't go through anything that he does not understand and that he will not provide a way for me to get through it. And things don't always work out the way I want them to. Uh, there are times in our lives, and, and one, of the, one of the difficult times for me in the hope, living with hope, um, Nathan had a 16 and a half year journey with cancer. And uh, it, was, it was a roller coaster at times. But learning how to keep hope and relinquishment in proper balance. Um, there are people who seem to live only with hope. I don't know what their hope is based on because it's more like wishful thinking because they want to determine the outcome. But hope is not trying to determine the outcome. Hope is relinquishment and yet hope together. But if you get have only relinquishment and no hope, you're in, you're in a sad place. But if you have only hope and no relinquishment, you're in a sad place. But I think that kind of hope is more like wishful thinking than real hope. But keeping those two in balance, where you, you have this incredible hope, but you're not trying to determine the outcome, you are relinquishing the outcome. And that, to me, is the major difference between wishful thinking and hope. Is in wishful thinking, you are trying to determine the outcome. Uh, but in hope, you're leaving it in God's hands. But keeping those two in appropriate balance is, is a challenge. It is a challenge. And, and I think uh, a challenge that uh, over and over, sometimes not only day by day, but moment by moment, we have to, we have to pause and, uh, and surrender. And you know, as you talk about that, the word trust for me is at the center of that. When I think about you know, the difference between wishful thinking and hope, hope has trust at its Wishful thinking is straining to make something happen. And, and, and that's the only acceptable outcome. And, and the other, I'm God. He can do whatever he wants to. That's not my problem. Yeah. So it, it's, it's, it's amazing, the difference. Um, hope just has so many facets to it. Uh, I keep looking at it from this side, and I turn it and look at it from this side, turn it and look at it from this side. It, it has so much to say. Um, Hen Robinson says, uh, hope is hearing the music of the future and faith is having the courage to dance to it. Uh, I first heard that statement, oh, several years ago and uh, I've shared it with a number of people, particularly when they are going into a new situation and they have a lot of new things facing them. They have major decisions to make, all kinds of things. Um, this would be my prayer for, for the next president, that they will, that hope will be hearing the music of the future and faith will be having the courage to dance. So that's what I wish for all of our 
people who are in leadership. You know, that you put your ear to the ground and, and you listen, you listen to the music of the future, which is God's music, that it's out there. And, and you tune into that, that hope, you tune into that, that whatever it is God's up to in the world, and then you have faith gives you the courage to dance to it. And then you invite everybody to the dance, you know, <laughs> or at least we should. <laughs> invite everybody to the dance, yeah. So to live with hope, when everything around us is pushing us in the opposite direction. When we think about the, the work of cultivating hope in our lives, I've heard you talk about the hope diamond before. Would you mm. talk about that? Well, the hope diamond, you know, as you know, is in the Smithsonian, the hope diamond is in 1958. Uh, the man who owned it gave it to the Smithsonian. Um, and I, I was kind of fascinated by the Hope Diamond and was doing some reading about it. And it has a checkered, it has a checkered history. I mean, it, a lot of people thought it brought bad luck to a lot of people and a number of different people owned it. And it has some real weird stories about it. But one of the stories I read, and it, it could be fact, it could be fiction. I have no idea which one it is but it was about a woman who tied the hope diamond around her dog's neck and her dog wore this priceless diamond that was, and back in 1958, when they mailed it to the Smithsonian, it was insured for a million dollars. So it's, it's really a, a, an expensive diamond, but imagine a dog wearing it around the neck. Well, my imagination just went wild and I could see the dog drooling and I could see the dog eating Alpo and, and drooling and getting Alpo all over that diamond. <laughs> oh, I, I just, and then I got to thinking about, we don't have the hope diamond. That's, that's nothing compared to the diamond of hope that we have inside of us. Uh, not the hope diamond, but the diamond of hope that God has placed inside of us as his followers. And it's, it's, it, there's no price that you could ever put on that. It's, it's priceless. But sometimes in, in, in the, all of that happens in life, we get a little alpo on our, on our diamond of hope. Uh, this year, a lot of people have had alpo spread all over their diamond of hope. Uh, but I like to think of it as God, one of the things he delights in doing more than anything else is polishing our diamond of hope. And I just see him taking his brush and dipping it into his grace and going and polishing my diamond of hope. Uh, it, it's, it's, it's a visual for me that, that is very important because this diamond of hope, all the money in the world could never buy that. And, uh, yeah, but, oh, I, I can't tell you how grateful I am for the diamond of hope that's in Ann Smith, you know? And, and when I get a little alpo on it, if I will allow him to do so, God is just more than eager to take his brush of grace and go <laughs> and polish all that off and make it sparkle again. Ah, that's exciting. <laughs> yeah, what, what, uh, what grace that is. That, that the Lord is so kind to us, that he helps us. When we lose hope, that he helps us. Mm. Oh, oh, oh. oh, 
he is the God of second chances. He's the God of never give up. One of my favorite, favorite places in the Bible is where Jesus says to the disciples just before the crucifixion, before this night is over, you're all going to desert me. But then he goes on to say, but when I come back to life again, I'll go before you to Galilee and I'll see you there. Before they even failed, he was planning for beyond the failure. He wasn't going to give up just because they deserted him. That wasn't the end. And he wasn't going to let it be the end. He was going to, you know, he was going to go before that. He was, he had plans for them. And uh, that's one of my favorite places in scripture to think that before I even fail, God's already planning for beyond the failure because he never gives up on me. I, I, I'm, I'm amazed. The work of the Holy Spirit is not to make me complete, it's to make me full. And there's a big difference between the two. I am so excited over being incomplete. God has things to teach me yet. I can't wait to learn them. I mean, they're I haven't even scratched the surface of what it is to walk this faith journey. There's so much more out there to learn and discover. So he's, it's not about being complete. It's about being full. For whatever stage I am at the journey, I need to be full. And, and he's going to give me new insights. He's going to give me new understandings. He's going to give me new guidance. He's going to give me new wisdom. He's going to give me new whatever it is I need for the next step of the journey. That changed me totally once I understood that the work of the Holy Spirit is not to make me complete. It's to make me full. Then my hope began to blossom in ways that it had never blossomed before. I love that, Anne. And, and about, um, how awesome that is that God can fill us with hope. And uh, it reminds me, we've talked before about uh, that scripture passage, Romans uh, 15, 13. Um, oh, 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 I love that. That's one of my favorite, favorite places. That is one of my favorite, favorite places. Uh, it's, it's, it really is a prayer, Aaron. It starts, well, in the, in the message, oh, may the God of green hope, you know, that's a prayer. Oh, may the God of green hope fill you up with joy, fill you up with peace so that, the, so that your believing lives filled with the life-giving energy of the Holy Spirit will brim over with hope. And that hope then should spill out all over everybody else. Yeah. That really is a prayer that I think uh, we need to pray real often. And only I would say, oh, may the God of green hope fill me up with joy, fill me up with peace, fill me so that my believing life will be filled with the life-giving energy of the Holy Spirit so that I'll just overflow with hope. So it, it's, a prayer for, it, it's a prayer for everybody else. And should be, and we should be praying that prayer. But it's also a prayer for Anne. That this green hope, green is a sign of life. It is a sign that there's some growth there. I can't wait until I see a little green sprig in the spring, you know, uh, from what looked like it was dead. Uh, I thought my rose bush was totally gone last spring. I thought, well, I might as well dig it up and throw it away. And I saw a little green sprig. And lo and behold, later on, I had beautiful roses. Uh, 
that green hope, it's not a dead hope, it's an alive, active, fully functional in our lives if we allow it to be. So it's, uh, yeah. You know, we have to, we have to convey our hope in ways that are not hurtful. The person who just gives off the idea that everything is hopeful, everything is rosy, everything is, you know, can be hurtful to the person who is really hurting. We need to learn, we need to learn how to be people of hope that just the very vibes we give off communicate hope. But at the same time, we need to enter into the pain and into the, the all that is going on in our world and to be listening to people. Uh, it's, who said it, Aaron? I don't remember who said it, but somebody said, at the end of the day, I ask myself, not how many people have I spoken to in Christ today, but how many people have I listened to in Christ today? Uh, and we need a lot of hope-filled people who are doing the listening because somehow that's all communicated. There's the, uh, hope is not, well, hope is not a, a denial of reality. So we as followers of Jesus need to understand that fully. Hope is not a denial of reality. Hope is in the midst of reality, not a denial of it. And that's so helpful. That's so helpful, especially this Advent season to, to be able to say um, hope has room in it. It has room for our sorrow. Oh and our grief, and our frustration, and weariness. All of that, that's, there would be no need for hope if everything were going well. That's right. <laughs> you know, if everything was just, just absolutely great, uh, then, uh, but hope, hope is in the midst of reality. It's not it's not a denial of reality. And when we deny reality and pretend we have hope and, and work up this, this thing, we are communicating the wrong thing about the gospel. Instead of blessing the gospel and, make, and furthering the gospel, we are hindering the gospel when we do that. Uh, so hope, hope is in the midst of reality. And... and um, I think it's when we, when we hide, uh, you've heard me say often, I'm sure that what we hide, we keep only what we reveal can be healed, uh, to deny that these are tough days, to deny that the pandemic is doing, that there is an atmosphere in our very air in our day, these days to deny that, um, is denying God of the ability to use all of this because we are we're living in denial. It's hope is right smack in the middle of reality. I mean, that's what it's for. That's what it is. Uh, God with us, <laughs> you know. 
with skin on, who knows what it feels like. So. Uh, well, Anne, I, I was wondering um, if perhaps we could close this time uh, in prayer. Would you pray for us? I would be happy to pray here. God, we stand in awe before you. We stand in awe before your love for us, your commitment to us, your never give up attitude, your patience that seems to never run out. You just keep on loving us. You just keep on teaching us. You just keep on working in our lives. You just love us so much. You will never, never, never give up on us. We are so grateful for that love and we're so grateful. Just our hearts are overflowing with gratitude for that kind of love. But we do ask you that you will fill us with that green hope, that green hope that will fill us with joy and peace and will flow out to other people. But God, don't let it be a false kind of joy or a fake kind of peace, not something that we're trying to work up because we think it's necessary, but something that we just relinquish ourselves into your loving hands and know that we don't get to determine the outcomes, but we can trust you with everything that is a part of our lives. Teach us how to be honest with ourselves and honest with you and honest in this faith journey. God, people are longing to hear, not that when you become a Christian, everything is just a bed of roses. They're longing to hear that we serve a God who comes alongside us, who knows what it feels like to be human, who journeys with us in the pain, as well as the joy, and in the blah times, he's still there. God, just come and make yourself known to us this Christmas season in a way that is transforming for every one of us, I pray. We just are in awe. God, the very fact that you even thought of doing what you did, of bringing Jesus into the world, a human being, but also a divine being, it, it it boggles our minds to think of the creativity of that if we will just allow our minds to go there and think about the magnitude of this gift. Oh God, don't let us miss Christmas this year. Don't let us miss that the fact that Christmas is the gift that you gave and then all that comes after that and the difference it's made in our lives and the difference it's made in our world, how can we help but have hope? Oh God, let hope overflow in us this year. In this weary, hurting, confused, desperate world, let us who are your children be such a message of hope done in the right way that does not deny all that is going on, that does not that, but somehow in the midst of it, there is this, this overflow of hope that makes a difference in your wonderful world. 
thank you, thank you, thank you for loving us enough to come. And thank you for loving us enough to journey with us and to give us the Holy Spirit to dwell within us and that you never, never give up on our journeys. Renew our hope. Renew our commitment. We don't question your commitment, but renew our commitment to you. Help us to revel in the relationship, the privilege we have to be in relationship with the God of the universe. Oh, Father, come. Come and touch us. We're all so different. We're all dealing with different things. Come and touch every single one of us at that place where we most need it. Give us not what we want, but give us what we need. Thank you that there is yet much to be learned, much to discover, much living to do, much sharing to do, much allowing hope to brim over and flow out to other people. So we give ourselves to you anew and afresh at this Christmas season. Fill us with hope. And in those days when we don't feel hopeful, take out the brush of your love, dip it into your grace, and polish our diamond of hope. We pray in the name of Christ. Amen.